Grace, peace, and mercy be upon you this evening. From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Pastor Schmidtke loved golf. He loved to golf, and he found himself wondering whether there were any golf courses in heaven. He even began to ask the question in his prayers. One day, in answer to his prayers, he received a direct answer from heaven. Yes, said the angel. There are many excellent golf courses in heaven. The greens are always in first-class condition. The weather is always perfect, and you always play with the nicest people. Oh, thank you, responded Pastor Schmidtke. That really is marvelous news. Yes, isn't it, the angel replied. And we've got you down for a foursome next Saturday. (laughs) You think we'll be playing sports in, in eternal life on the new earth? Is there any mention of sports in Scripture? Fishing? (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah, that's one. I think there's one, tennis. Because in Genesis it says, Joseph served in Pharaoh's court. Well, serving is a biblical virtue, isn't it? Serving a tennis ball is a very different thing from serving others in Christian life. Service is crucial in tennis because it gets the ball into play, right? Nothing happens in the game until the ball is served. Likewise, service is crucial in the life of faith because God calls us to serve. You won't prevail as a disciple of Christ if you only serve yourself. To serve means to work for the benefit of others. It means to assist them and provide for them. Service is the act of caring for someone else. A server in a restaurant delivers food and drink. A public servant carries out responsibilities on our behalf. And people in the military serve to protect those who cannot defend themselves. To serve is to give of yourself and your abilities in order to improve the lives of others. Paul describes it this way in his letter to the Christians in Philippi. He says, And having a low view of your own importance, count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. Jesus calls his disciples, including us, to serve. And he demonstrated what serving looks like in a very, well, easy to understand way, and basic way. It was on the Thursday night in which Jesus had his last supper with his disciples. He rose from the table laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Now we take for granted that this was some ancient, you know, Middle Eastern custom, but it meant so much more when Jesus did it to his friends. Washing the feet of the house owner and his guest was the responsibility of the lowliest servant, which was usually, usually a young boy of a poor family who did the job. He'd be stationed at the door to wash the feet of the guests as they came into the house. But at this meal, Jesus, the host of the supper, bends down to wash the feet of the guests. Peter's reaction may seem understandable to us, but I think you really would have to have been there and to have been of that culture to really know his astonishment at Jesus 
and his refusal to let Jesus wash his feet. He refused. But after completing the task of washing everyone's feet, Jesus drives home the lesson. He told them, You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. This is how Jesus calls us to serve. Foot washing is just an illustration of, a bro- of the broader truth that we are to serve others. The problem is we don't serve very well naturally. Our sinful nature inclines us away from serving others. We would rather serve ourselves. In fact, it's the very character of sin. Don't believe me? Remember how you were when you were young. I mean, really young. Still don't believe me? Remember how it was when you raised your children and they were really young. Oh, they were angels, you say, and did acts of service right out of the pen? Well, that's nice. Then teach preschool here for a day. Then you'll believe. It's every boy and girl for themselves. I know it's true. Some children do learn very early and quickly to do things for someone else and not just themselves. But on the whole, service must be demonstrated to children repeatedly for years so they can see it and emulate it. And it should be explained as well. When a mom asks her son to set the table, his natural desire is to be doing something else at that moment that satisfies him. And it goes on through life. When we're working and we see a colleague struggling with their workload, we fail to assist because it means more work for us. And we don't want to do more work. Sometimes we don't serve others because the others seem unsavory to us, and it looks like serving them would be an unpleasant and risky thing to do. All the while, though, we expect others to serve us. Oh, I know, there are those of us who don't want anyone to make a fuss over us. No, don't worry about me, I'll be fine. At the same time, we wonder, why is anyone making a fuss over me? Yet this is precisely why Jesus came to earth to be one of us. His mission was to rescue self-serving sinners and change them more into selfless servants. Jesus claimed about himself, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The very night in which Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, he was arrested, thrown into jail, and treated shamefully. The very next day, Jesus' own feet were covered in his blood as he was nailed to the cross. It was God's mission to be the suffering servant as foretold by the prophet Isaiah. God made the ultimate service by giving his life to save self-serving people like you and me from sin. Paul puts it this way again. Jesus made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, and he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now, in view of God's mercy, you and I are renewed to serve. 
by Jesus' suffering on the cross, you are ransomed from your sin, which means Jesus obtained your release from the prison of your sin by making a payment demanded, which is death. He paid it for you. And the Spirit He sent to you changes your heart and your mind into being a willing servant who lives to bless others. You may remember in the last half of the last century, Mother Teresa was the shining example of a Christian servant. Well, you know, she wasn't without her controversy. Protestants, including Lutherans, were skeptical of her motivation in serving the poorest of the poor in Calcutta, India, because we believed she was doing so to earn merit for her salvation, as any good Catholic would do. But the Catholic Church was left scratching its head over the things that she would say, which didn't always sound like she had faith. She admitted the work there in India was hard, and the destituteness of the people could really grind a person's faith down. Nevertheless, she said she gladly did it for Christ on several occasions, which is why we serve also, because Christ has served us in giving up his life for us in order that we live. He came not to be served in that he demanded it from us, but he came to serve. So our service to him is a response to his great love and mercy. And now, knowing these things, we do them. In view of God's mercy in Jesus Christ, we follow the example of the suffering servant. Now, speaking of children in service, a pastor's young son said to his mother, Mom, I've decided it's time for me to serve others and be a preacher like Dad so I can clean up the mess the world is in. That's just wonderful, claimed his mother. You can go upstairs and start with your room. (laughs) We all start somewhere, don't we? For many of us, it might have been serving mom by cleaning our room. But then it went on to other things, and may it continue. May it be so for you at any age, wherever and whatever God has you do for your fellow human being. Amen.